to What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Dunn and Monas and Skursky today. That's right. <laughs> Great to have you here, Jay. Thank you, buddy. Welcome. Appreciate it. Good to see yeah, you. Thanks Jim. for joining yeah, us. Thanks, yeah, man. man. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is cool. We're here at Fatty in Orchard Park for a uh, special playoff extravaganza. Yeah, Jay, where's uh, your beer? Yeah, sorry. Let me play off here. Yeah, I, I should have left mine in the can. I'm, you know, first timer. <laughs> I, I put it in a glass. Sorry. It's all right. We'll teach you our ways. Yeah. And... Quick shout out to St. Francis here too. It's fatty beer. That's uh, right. St. Francis guy own it, owns it. So, you know, I, I got to get my plug in whenever I can. So, yeah, we, we can't forget the plugs here. Fatty. <laughs> and they've been treating us great all season long. I mean, Tyler, I think it's become kind of known that the more we have, the better our podcast seem to be. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> the feedback we get. So, fatty yeah, beer exactly. fuels. The nonsense that comes out of it sometimes. <laughs> right. If you get a few IPAs and Monas, you don't know what draft stories are gonna make their way to the surface. So let's just uh, throw back a lot of beers and see what happens here, right? <laughs> it's good to laugh because we weren't able to laugh much last week, Jim. Yeah. We didn't really know Man. what the hell was going on with the sport. And it's great having Jay here because we were sitting just right by each other. I think next we had Armando other. between us. Yeah, maybe yeah, right. Yeah. And almost next box. to each other, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, anybody asked me like what that night was like in Cincinnati and what you saw when you knew it was different, I say it was when Jay had the binoculars first <laughs> and you said it's CPR, yeah. Demar Hamlin. But um, I mean, we got to just start there before we get into the game itself because I hadn't really seen you since the game. Yeah. How are you doing, Jay, since <laughs> a night we'll never forget? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm good. It, it's been uh, a whirlwind. It's been a lot of work, as you can imagine, right? Since then, it, you know, we were talking before we started here, that's probably the biggest sports story that maybe we've ever covered. You know, it's close to it. Um, you know, it's funny reflecting back on it. In the moment, um, you know, it, it started as, okay, there's a guy down. Nobody really saw what happened. At least I didn't. Um, you know, it was a regular play. You didn't anticipate much of, you didn't anticipate that it was going to be something like that, right? And then, okay, there's a guy down. Who is it? It's Damar Hamlin. And I just, I remember seeing Tim Settle first, the Bills defensive tackle, and seeing his face and going, it doesn't look quite right, right? I mean, we are accustomed in this league to covering injuries, sometimes serious injuries, right? We see it every week. Earlier this year, Dane Jackson left on an, in an ambulance. Micah Hyde is out for the year, maybe, uh, with a neck injury, right? Two guys from the same game going to the hospital with neck injuries. And I hate to say it, it sounds horrible, but we've become accustomed to that, right? And honestly, so that was like the first thought, like, boy, was there some sort of, you know, neck or head, you know, tra trauma, you know, serious, um, something that was that serious. Uh, but you didn't know right away, right? It's just in the press box. And I think you would attest to that too. I mean, as you said, we were sitting right next to each other. You didn't know. But I remember how quickly the trainers came out. Remember how quickly there was a backboard, uh, a stretcher that came out. It was damn near immediate, right? And then just seeing the reactions on the on the Bills players' faces, it was apparent that this is this is not a this is not a normal injury. This is not something that we've seen before. And then at that point, you know, you're, as you said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking through the binoculars and the press box and Cincinnati's got a pretty good view. Uh, you're kind of at midfield. So you're kind of able to see a little bit of what's going on, but there were so many trainers around that it was hard to have any idea what was happening. Right. And I, I do remember this moment where the, for just, just a brief second, 
the, the people that were treating him sort of shifted around and you could see that distinct oh, motion. That's where I, and it was, oh. and it, it, and, and, you know, it, to no, what it's Tyler said, like I, I tweeted, they are doing CPR on Demar Hamlin. And it, I think you I mean, said, Oh my God. I'm swearing, I swore, I swore during your podcast. I'm sorry, but I oh, remember. We, we never said, swear. On this uh, podcast. Yeah. So we'll I, have to bleep that out. <laughs> No, I, and I just, I, I'm almost kind of getting emotional reflecting on it now because it was something I had never seen, something nobody had ever seen uh, on a football field. And and that moment is is really sort of etched into my memory, is seeing that distinct motion. And, and then, you know, from there, it's, um, you know, the reporter uh, in you is, is you're doing work, right? Um, and especially at the Buffalo News, like you've got a newspaper to put out and this is, uh, now you know it's a big story. And so you're, I honestly, what I, I was consciously doing was just trying to tweet everything that was I was seeing, um, so that I would have a record to go back to look at to know, like, okay, yeah, all of this stuff happened, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And to piece it together, and then right? Probably literally everybody else who covers the Bills was going through Jay's. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. But, you, you did yeah. such a great job. Is my point? I mean, you yes. really did have the play-by-play. And it's, you saw everything happening in real time and documented it. And I tried to do that purposefully. I do remember thinking, like, I need to be tweeting exactly what I'm seeing right now so that, because, you know, the days of writing things down on a pen and paper are sort of gone. Like, Twitter has kind of become our notebook in some ways, especially during the game. And uh, so I remember, you know, kind of going back and then eventually the ambulance leaves and it's, what, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to write this? And then uh, we were also laughing a little bit about before we came on about the amount of requests that we had received to, to talk about this. And uh, I, one story that maybe well, I'm, I'm not, I won't, I'm going to say that one, but I remember getting calls from, and it was Twitter DMs, texts, emails, and then even calls from CNN and MSNBC. And I don't think the ambulance had even left the stadium then. So at that point, if I wanted to know like how serious this was or what a big story this was becoming, like it became immediately clear. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, it was remarkable to see the the level of concern, uh, number one, and then, you know, national interest in what was, uh, and then what became, you know, as Tyler, you know, uh, alluded to, one of the biggest stories of our lives. Ever. Rare. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, we keep saying it, rare. It's so gross, rare, whatever the word is. Yeah. For you guys both to have been there, I can't, I, didn't, I was texting Tyler, like, it just, I just couldn't believe he was there. Here you are telling it, and for you seeing it, that's, I can't get over it. Like, uh, I'll tell you, I got, I, I don't want to say his name just because no, he, he may not want it out there, but I got a, a phone call. Right while DeMar was on the field from an NFL head coach who is currently in the league as a head coach. Um, if you're smart enough, you'd probably be able to put it together. And coach who cares about other human beings. Coach who cares about other human beings who was so concerned about what he had just seen. He wanted to talk to someone who was there and knew that I would be there. And uh, a, a, that says a lot about this person's character, but B, I think it, he was watching at home millions of people were. this is a huge game millions of people were watching this my wife is at home uh with my son who's watching the game and she's texting me worried about what she's going to tell him um and i imagine that, that that conversation was being had in living rooms across the country no you know it was. we we yeah. did it <laughs> we yeah. did it it's, yeah. it's, I, remember, I remember texting gina like you know not sure if sonny should play football yeah it's yeah. Uh, Routine, ordinary play. Yeah, and yeah, again, it's 
thinking about how it how the very beginning of it you just didn't know you didn't know immediately and it wasn't and i remember and i'm sure you remember this too it, it was a good amount of time before they showed the replay yeah in the press box right and i think you know i think we're getting that espn broadcast and that's pretty typical like brought you know networks will cut away when there's injuries they won't right. uh especially you know they're, yeah, they're concerned about yeah. showing them if it's really graphic um it's actually good to hear yeah it's good to see i should say because they're actually doing it they yeah cut it out yeah it's nice yeah. and then but then we did see it and it was like oh boy this that is scary you know yeah okay can I ask you guys both this? I wasn't, you know, I was away, I was away in Texas this week for the XFL training camp, and it was so. It was like I want to know where you guys were when the news came out that he was out of the hospital. Like, as far as you guys kind of were through this journey, there was there anything kind of lifted? I, I just felt like a, there was some uplifting. You know, I'm around all, you know, we're all football guys. We're all together at the XFL training camp and everybody just got a little happy. Yeah. And is that just how your day went? Since I mean, I can't imagine because you were on that journey. I mean, what would have happened? Yeah, you don't even want to let your mind go to the hypothetical. No, no, no. I want to hear. But I want to hear. The how season would have been canceled. Right. Where football would have never no. been the same again. I, I, I can't imagine the conversations we're having with friends and loved ones right now if DeMar Hamlin doesn't. Recover. I to answer a question. You know what? The, the first good news I got. I think it maybe one of his uncles did oh, an interview. Like half the and noted, yeah. right. When, yeah. Exactly. When that number, when the oxygen started level started going down, it's a positive. Just from personal experience, being my grandfather was you know uh, intubated this this yeah. year, and it was well, scary. He's ninety four years old. I mean, he he's unbelievable. He somehow plowed through it and he had eight nine different things going on in his body but the doctor in Pittsburgh was unbelievable like we get this right we'll get that right we'll get this right we'll get that right and he's we, we watched the, the football game last weekend together he gave him to my house it's, so I, when I heard that it just reminded me of my grandpa I'm like yeah. okay if a 24 year old is seeing that number go down as long as there's no damage to the brain or other parts of his body right when he wasn't when his heart wasn't oh, eating, right. I can't no oxygen sure. gets to right. the brain you know Obviously, that's horrifying. Uh, but the good news just kind of kept trickling out, and I think we all had the same reaction that Rex Ryan had. You know, when yeah, he's in yeah. tears. I mean, that was spoke for a lot of people, and we needed that. Like, we needed to know that you were you were good, and you're yourself, just to even. Because football is just religion. Football is it's not normal. It's not a normal sport. We restructure our entire lives around this sport. It, it's weird that we're sitting here having a playoff podcast and talking about matchups and whatnot. And I'm so glad we're starting with DeMar Hamlin again because I don't think we should just not forget about what happened. No, I want the, that's all we I want to hear the good. Like, Jay, yeah. like for you, what was it like? Yeah, so the thing – Like, I want to hear the good. I remember like, the know? thing that stuck out for me the most and hearing that story about your grandfather. I mean, I just want to mention, like, how incredible these medical professionals are. Oh, my so, God. Like, Jay, they are just – That's exactly you know, what we talked about last yeah, podcast yeah. where – because I was lucky enough to be around. Yeah. I mean, I was around. I mean, these guys are, I've seen it my whole life. Yeah. I see it day to day. Their effort and care for these players is like, you have, you can't even understand how much they care about these players. Yeah. So to your that call to action. Yeah. Now you saw it. So, and it was just, yeah, just flawless, executed to perfection, right? The awesome. perfect game plan and it, and it comes through. And then, uh, the moment that sticks out for me the most, uh, in this incredible story, the, the longest, uh, is going back to the the first Zoom call that they did with uh, Dr. Knight and Dr. Fritz in, in Cincinnati. And 
him saying that he woke up and wrote on a whiteboard, did we win? I, I, I was on that Zoom call and it was just, I remember tweeting, wow, the word wow, like five times. And it's like, I'm not usually like that. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, there isn't a lot that wows me. That blew me That's away. true. You are, you, know? you are difficult to impress. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Five wows is official. It's official. Like I'm surprised, right? No. And just, but just the, you're, you're, you, you immediately go to, man, oh man, if this kid woke up and that was his first question, he's okay. Like, or he's going to be okay. And because the sign that neurologically he was there. Exactly. That, neurologically, everything was, it's out of a movie. It's incredible. It, it's a, and, and, you know, to your point, it, the good news has been coming out like so, so frequently finding out that he, that he's home now is the cherry on top. But for me, the moment I think that I was the most like, just, boy, that's amazing is when I, when I heard that, that he had woken up and asked, yeah. did we win? I just, I don't think when I said like, you know, seeing that image, I won't forget that. I will never forget watching that zoom and, and hearing that doctor say that and just how he delivered it. And so matter of fact, and um, how th their updates, I just thought were so terrific. You know, they were, they answered everything as well as they could have. Um, yeah, really can't say enough about th that. All of them, you know, to, from Denny, uh, who you mentioned, and, and everyone, team to, yeah. every single person, you guys, everybody was there, it, everybody that covered it. I, there was no wrong going. There was all covered. It brought out the best of humanity. The best. You know, there's yeah, no a lot of nasty, well nasty said. people out there. Well we said. see it on social media. We see it in our everyday lives. We see when people don't return their shopping carts. <laughs> it, a lot of nasty people. We, we see it on the Odell Beckham video from today. Hey, man. That one, we're going to get into that But um, in the, it, it, it's bad it. that it takes something so traumatic and tragic and horrifying to do it. But just to see a country. I've never seen any event, sports or otherwise, just bring people together like this did. Yeah. And that, that was powerful, right? Powerful. I hope we don't forget it. No. You know that it, inherently people are good yeah. and, and, and love each other. And, and everybody just wanted them to live and just get through this. Um, yeah. And, and that unification, and I've, I've never seen anything like that. No. And, and I know it's secondary um, to, to what we're talking about here, life and death, but to... I think that it should be mentioned that the the, the job that the the organization did, Brandon and, and Sean and Brandon staying there, um, says a lot about his character. Sean navigating his way through that uh, and having that team, you know, emotionally prepared last week as, as best they could have been, I think says a lot about his leadership. And I know there's been a lot made of that. And again, he he would be the first to tell you this story is not about him by far. But it, you know, we we there's a uh, you hear a lot about the culture, right? You hear a lot about that in, in locker rooms around the NFL, um, family, right? And all of, you know, these buzzwords that a lot of times maybe feel a little bit cheap, but something like that, I can only imagine inside that locker room uh, had to have had a, a dramatic impact on that team. And for them to, to stay together and, and to be able to uh, go out there and play a game, I think does say a lot about the leadership that they have. And it probably, and it extends far beyond Brandon and Sean. I think it extends to their, to their captains, to their veterans, uh, it, but really everyone in that building. That's a lot. That's heavy. I mean, heavy. So, I mean, Tywan Jones, when we got together a couple of weeks ago, he said how much Sean has changed. At first he was quote unquote militaristic, mm -hmm. kind of robotic. And, and he had to be. I mean, we both covered the Rex years, and 
Kind of <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a fun shit show. I loved it. He let guys be themselves. Not sure you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean in terms of kind of like guy, and it was great. Guys could be them, be themselves, but it kind of got off the rails at times. Mm-hmm. Or that hard swing the other direction, that overcorrection to the other, other direction. I part of me gets it, yeah. but it seems like Sean has kind of reeled it in and become more of a human being with his players over time. That's what Taiwan said. That's what Isaiah McKenzie said too, is in that locker room, um, he said more players actually wanted to play than didn't want to play. But Sean said, if there's any, if there's anybody that doesn't want to speak up and we won't do it, which that takes a lot of the head coach to do that, to prioritize what one human being thinks. And then that's when Mitch Moore spoke up and said, yeah. Regardless of Sean's style, since he has started, every player buys in love. That's the number one goal for a head coach. They have to buy into you. This is a job for performers. They buy into you. They're going to do anything. They, so, Sean, they buy into Sean because it's proven to work. And now he is. A, he cares about the players. That's why they buy into him. He really, Sean cares about the players. We, we joke around. I'm the, I'm the first to joke around. I've known Sean. I know his personality. He's not, you know. Always the funnest guy in it. I get it. But he cares about the players, and that means so much to that locker room, and you see the results. And so, yeah. to your point, Dion Dawkins said largely the same thing yesterday, too, about you know softening. And he's he would he'd know almost as, better, as well as anyone. He's been there uh, with Sean really from the beginning for part of his first draft class. And uh, Dion is one of those guys in the room that you're going to. The gonna, bonus draft class, right? That is game. Dawkins been around. At the temple <laughs> on Thursday night. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys though that I think you can pretty much count on to give you a, a pretty truthful answer most of the time. And he did give that answer about Sean, uh, you know, about his softening a, a bit. And I think that's, you know, you know, you learn, right? Oh, learn. Yeah. we all would. I, I think I would be better at my job now. There's another opportunity. Sean, we all grow. You guys, I'm sure, better players, better on the air than you ever want to be. Sean and his team, what he has gone through this year, coach. People talk about it. You don't sign up for them, and you to react to that. And and I promise you this. And Sean, I know every NFL team. We talk about this too. But that mental health, they care about that. The players know that. They, they put an emphasis on that. It goes such a long way. I'll tell a quick story, Tyler, before you get in. I talked to Sean. I did a, a rather lengthy feature on him a couple of years ago. I went out to Lake Tahoe. He's playing a celebrity golf tournament, and I had a conversation with him about like. You know, why can you be so darn difficult to deal with in the season? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we ever get a straight answer from you? And he basically, he basically said, to, it's not, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but his answer was, everything I do in the season is with my players in mind. And so if I don't answer a question, it's because I'm protecting my player in some way, shape or form. I might not tell you about his injury, or I might not tell you about why he dropped a pass on third and five. Uh, whatever whatever he does, his entire approach when the season begins, and if you watch, if you watch him very very closely, and I would tell people to do this, watch his answers in the these end of season press conference, whenever that comes for the Bills this year, um, that is usually held the day or two days after the season ends, and see how much more free and willing to answer questions he is than he is in the season. Once the season's over, he'll. Well, he opens up to an extent. Uh, to an extent. To an extent. Execution. Thirteen seconds. Well, okay, that's a that's a notable that's a notable difference. But <laughs> you gotta understand, 
Yeah, we can't. I took it a dark direction. No, sorry, no. no, because you know what? We're, we're going into the. I see we're transitioning to football and, and podcast. Yes, yeah. but I would also say that there's right. the potential that the execution is protecting someone. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Which but, would go back to the idea that he's going to protect his players. Always. Oh, I don't want Andy Reid, guys. This is why we're the players didn't even know what the hell happened. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. If yeah. they were talking, oh, about, we're going back to that. But I'm saying, as far as that, he's been exceptional for this all. Yeah. No, so no. our buddy Sale Myrano, who we I'm lucky enough to sit next to at home games, and I love uh, curmudgeonly. I had a great conversation with them. I mean, we get those transcripts. Yeah. Can we get that transcribed? <laughs> you, you would love those yeah, transcripts. Those yeah. would probably be the best stories. Those would be <laughs> the best stories. But so Sale is the unofficial historian of the Bills. He's written multiple books about them, covered or watched them for 50 years, right? And has said that there has not been a season that has approached this uh, in terms of adversity. Uh, in franchise history, and I would, I'd be willing to bet you could probably make that case for a lot of teams throughout the league that there has not been a team that has gone through something like this. We talked about, you know, I can't think of anything. Right. I mean, if, if there were some guys that weren't feeling, I don't think that they, uh, you know, after the Arrowhead, you know, thirteen seconds, the way last season ended, I don't think the guys are ready to revolt, right? But that they were a little upset that there wasn't. Closure to an extent. They didn't really know what happened. Yeah, they wanted answers because that was a team that could have won it all. Yeah. Everything that's happened this season, you're absolutely right. I feel like guys, I mean, their their love their love for their head coach and their respect for their head coach has just reached an all time high. And accounts for something. So I would I would pose a question to you guys. This is something that I'm working on. We have a I'm gonna another plug here. Second plug. Um, in Friday's Buffalo news, we've got like our big playoff preview section, and my sort of centerpiece story for that is centered around the expectations for this team and how they were set the day after the Super Bowl. They were Super Bowl, preseason Super Bowl favorites, right? Historic, right? Nobody bet on a team to win the Super Bowl more than the 2022 Buffalo. And, and they didn't even make it to the conference championship last year, which is amazing in and of itself, right? I like that move too. That's right. I almost think that was the time. You forget the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. I almost sometimes forget the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Divisional round game, right? They lose in the divisional round. No, because they're, we're going to talk about it. And so this team goes 13 and three in the regular season. They lose two games, one game which in a million years they would never lose again, right? To Minnesota. That, that Justin Jefferson play is never happening again. And Josh Allen isn't fumbling a snap. It's true. When he, all you have to do is take one snap and you don't lose, right? So they lose home field advantage. They lose the first round by because of that game. The Minnesota, or excuse me, the Miami game in week three. How many times does Allen miss that throw to McKenzie? For oh, a touchdown? Yeah. Not very often. He makes that throw 90 out of 100 times. Bizarre. And then the, the Jets game, they lose that. That would be the one game where you could say they maybe deserve to lose. And in that game, he throws it 70 yards on a rope to Gabe Davis, who like, drops it. You had a chance to. I forgot about that. So they've lost three games. And they have lost them all in ridiculous fashion by a combined eight points. Now, all of this is to say, this is a long-winded way of getting to my point. Why, if you follow Twitter during the game, is this the worst team in the NFL? Like, people are curious that the offense isn't scoring every time, the defense stinks. Like, what are, where are our expectations for this team? What do you think, Jim? I think, the they're, oh, I think they're one of the three teams that's going to be fighting for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> with Cincy and KC. But I, but I also – I'm with you, though. But there's a there's been a 
there's been an almost a they have no chance. Yeah, it's Bengals yeah. KC. But and right, and I feel like there, but there is a part of me that goes, it's, there's a lull during the game where the offense isn't doing it, or the defense is giving up more than we're accustomed to, and they just don't pass the eyeball test at times. And so it's I, I get where people are coming from. I can tell you this, because I'm big analytically. Yeah. They pass the eyeball test on the stats that matter. Like right. a good team. Yeah. So right. th that's why I'm not panicking on this team. And I'm talking more on the defense team. Okay. Because the one thing the one thing Tyler and I talk about, and obviously you were there before the tragedy was happening, but tragic incident. But the Bengals we're ready to roll yeah in that game yeah like that it builds I, you don't see the bills look like that on a first drive where it's like the Bengals dictated that drive yep. executed in game plan perfection yep. that's when you know and when you're in the press box or you're working with the deep coordinator okay yeah okay they did their work too yeah they came out so that first punch in the mouth like we always see hey bills counter you know we feel bills don't matter in the end you know Touchdown. So. It, and it's interesting that you mentioned that too, because I think you know so much of what happened in that Cincinnati game is clearly wiped from the memories and wiped from the record books. Um, but you're right in that the defense, boy, there were some concerns there at the beginning, and then the offense. And, and I, I won't even say the offense because it moved it down pretty well. But you get back to Sean and mm, fourth and three from the goal line. Are we kicking there? You know, like he's been down that road before and it hasn't worked out. You know. And that that felt a little yeah. bit like are you your goals weren't gonna matter. Your goals aren't beating yeah. Burrow. They're not they didn't, they didn't beat Mahomes and they don't beat Burrow. Get right? it out of your head and yeah. So yeah. Yeah, they think there's some obvious flaws with the Bills for sure. They're they're not this unstoppable and they're not a force of nature. They're not unstoppable. I'm just saying it like they're, they're going to beat Miami. I mean, we could break down this man. No, I can't. Want, but they're they're going to be tough. That's right. Here's two things are going to happen. This game. They're either going to, it's it's a Bills win or it's a historic gross loss in Bills history. So there you go. One of the worst ever. I think ever. Probably ever. That's like a 13 situation. It sounds like Skyler. Yeah, like Teddy was throwing a little bit. A little so bit. Not ready. Right. I mean, they, I mean, McDaniel himself said that they're preparing Skyler to start. I don't know that you'd say that if you're going to try to. I so you guys that, know. that feels pretty corny if you're going to be like. That's just the jersey number for the coaches. Yeah. Teddy or Skyler. Yeah. Jersey number. I hate to say it like that. This game is a. We're just getting the next week. It's, but you know what? This is what you work hard for as an organization. You do things like this. Trust them. The bills are going to, they're not going to take it right now. We'll see. They're going to come out. Good number on this if you're into the Vegas yes. stuff. 13, 13 and a half point favorite, wherever it is right now. The biggest playoff favorite the Bills had ever been before this was 11 and a half points. Think about the, some of those Super Bowl era teams. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think it goes to show you what they're going. I mean, yeah. No, it's, Miami's maybe that says a little more about Miami than it does the Bills, but still, I think that's significant. I had a friend of mine brought up a great point. How lucky are the Bills that Pittsburgh is not in it? You think Pittsburgh would? Would they have played the Buffalo? Yeah, they would have been the same. They would have rather played Miami than Buffalo. Yeah, New England, especially with those two. I mean, New England was in that game. It took two. 
kick returns or oh, touchdowns. No question. Pittsburgh's playing pretty well right now. Yes. That would be no, you don't want to see that right now. It's funny you mentioned Pittsburgh because I remember covering the Steelers game this year and Bills won 35 to 3. And I left that game going, geez, I didn't think Pickett was too bad. They lost 35 to 3. I know. I'm not, I was going on. I like Pickett. Yeah. I like the first thing we talked about was the moment wasn't too big for Pickett. Yeah. It looked like he had his first start, right? Yeah. Then they started getting healthy on defense for yeah. the end of the year. And they weren't a team you wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what's, give, give us a reason that the Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl and a reason they won't. Well, let's see. I mean, a, a reason that they will, I hate to, I hate to say it, but um, after what they've been through, there it feels like a bit of a storybook type of a season today. I know that's Hollywood, right? And, and I know that Hollywood doesn't always, you know, not every, not every season has this Hollywood ending, but if there's ever a team that's going, if there's a neutral observers, right? If you're in, uh, pick a city here, uh, St. Louis right now, and you don't have a team that you root for or wherever, uh, trying to think of Fargo, North Dakota, right? That doesn't have an NFL team. How are you not sort of pulling for the Bills here a little bit? And maybe they ride that. Maybe they ride that wave of emotion. I, I talked about this before the New England game. You, I could see that going one of two ways. They could have won 50 to nothing and it wouldn't have surprised me, or they could have lost. They could have just been flat, and that wouldn't have surprised me either. And now it ended up being kind of in the middle, right? They did ride that wave of emotion, and they got it done, but maybe to your point, it wasn't always easy. And that's kind of been the the story of their second half of their season. It hasn't always been easy, but most of the time they've figured out a way. And so they had wins like that before. Yeah, they had so many blowout wins, and right, exactly. And there was the whole narrative about you know their their record in close games, and that's changed a lot. Um, so the reason that they could win is maybe they damn well deserve to win, right? And the reason that they couldn't win is I think there's a couple, um, you know. If you want to get like into the X's and O's, like sure. you're worried a little bit about the pass rush without Vaughn. That's why he was signed for these games. Right. Um, KC game, he ended the last three yep. drives himself. Exactly. So you, you, yeah, you lost him. You know, the secondary is not the same as it has been. You know, Jordan Poyer is playing through more injuries than we even know. Uh, I'm sure we're going to learn about those after the season when he'll actually tell you. Trey um, is not Trey exactly yet. Um, they don't have an answer. I mean, you know, they have a short list of guys who have disappointed. Kyrie Eagle's on that list. He's a first-round pick. You want him starting. He's not starting. Um, you know, you're you're down to your third-string safety now. We know, you know, Micah isn't playing, at least in this game. Um, so I think the secondary is an area of concern. And when you couple that with a pass rush that maybe is having trouble getting home, there are some concerns there, right? Offensively. Are they too reliant on Stephon Diggs? They have not had a consistent number two option behind them. Gabe Davis hasn't developed and, and become the guy that most people thought he was going to be. Another drop, you know, another drop. He just, I don't know. I wonder if mentally, as much physically, what's going on with them? It's so hard when those players take that. Are they going to take a jump? Yeah. Hit their ceiling? Yep. You know, and I, we're all Gabe Davis fans. I, I love everything about his team. I think he's going to be okay, but that is a mental block. Yeah. When you've seen a guy do it and he's been struggling doing it, that's mental. They're going to need him. I mean, they're they're absolutely going to need him on the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, their running game is, is what it is. You know, if a team – takes away Allen's running, you know, can Singletary and Cook do it? I think there's all those types of legitimate questions that would factor into why why they maybe couldn't do it, you know? 
are you seeing a team really galvanizing around this whole Tamar Hamlin situation? Like, what does that kind of entail, right? Yeah. I was just talking to Eric Kramer, um, and we had the series on him and his life story, and saying he was on that Lions team in 1999. That you know, this is way way before our time. You might remember this, Jim, because you're because you're old. Older. <laughs> Mike Utley. And I do remember it. It was a major moment. It was. It was. I mean, that that was comes up as a major moment, right? No doubt. for life. No doubt. That's one of the best Lions teams of all time. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship game, and he kind of remembered them somehow rallying around tragedy. Now, Tamar Hamlin is who knows? He might run out of the tunnel this game. Like he's he's not paralyzed. He's alive and well. He might play football next. Year. He's home, right? He's yeah. home. And so energy source for the team. They don't want to stand that for the Bengals and the division. Well, I'm going to talk. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. Give me a little bit of time. against Skylar Thompson. Save it for Joe Burrow. Yes. And this is what's fun about being like, I love analyzing and talking about this, but I keep thinking about what the Bills are going through this week, like preparing for this game. We're breaking down. I think their secondary looks a little slow. Yeah. That would be one thing I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Just flat out. I feel like I'm seeing guys come by them, but man, they just want to be. Yeah. I promise you. Like they're this is what this is what we have. We are they, they aren't breaking it down like we are as far as yeah, we have concerns. They don't have concerns about this. We are trying to win. We can win as people because we have the tools. Yeah. Okay. And you know, listen, this entire season has built up to this moment, yes. right? No, and this is their season now. Yeah, you just want to get Right. You wanted to get through the regular season, and I'm sure there's a level of disappointment in not having home field sure. and missing out on I that would, vibe. I agree with you. But I think probably pretty quickly they've put that behind them, and they've gotten to this point. And it's really about this point. I mean, it's uh, we're uh, one week out from a year uh, from that Kansas City game, and it's probably been a, a long time coming for this team because that's what it was about. It was getting back to and getting beyond that game. Simulate to postseason. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, this switch is what I've seen. You see what the Saints, Eagles, even when I started as a scout, you see the switch. It's a whole level. You guys have been around it. When you cover these games, they're faster. Everything's different. And, that's, and that is really what intrigues me the most about this game is that I think fully that the Bills will win it and probably win it comfortably. But how do they look in doing it? You know, the, the bar is not probably the perfect game against New England in the playoffs last year because that was unprecedented. But I think this needs to be a convincing win. More so for the fan base probably than even the team, but I think I, I think the fans are gonna wanna see a team that goes out and dominates the yeah. I would be concerned a little bit with Josh Allen's style and post, right? Like Joe Burrow, you know, is going to rely on everything up here in this head. So just take what you give him. I, I just think of like Oh my god, like growing up, you know, I take family vacations and me and my brother, we don't we play like tennis against each other. And my brother was just so calm and patient and he would just volley and volley. Same thing like if we played ping pong, he would just wait for me to lose my mind and just make a mistake. That's kind of Joe Burrow, right? Like he's just gonna take what you give him. He's not gonna make a mistake. He's gonna make throws that blow your mind, and he's as close to a perfect quarterback as you're going to see. Where Josh Allen does all the crazy shit, it's going to like you know, jump over linebackers, he's going to run you over. But even in that New England game, you still see one or two throws a game that, what the hell did you see out there? 
that's going to cost you against the Kansas City, the Cincinnati. Yeah. It's not going to cost you against Mac Jones when he's, you know, throwing three picks himself. But the way you just described that, that's how KC would describe at home something. Yeah. I promise you, he can drive you crazy as a KC fan. Like, he will do stuff. Kind of white like Cincinnati. Fair enough. I was thinking that. But, like, that's. It's a good problem. These are the first world problems. I, totally. It's, yeah. it's probably one of You wouldn't rather have EJ? You would rather have. I love EJ. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want to throw shit on no, no, EJ. So great, great, great. No, that was, that was. But to your point, I don't want to be searching for a quarterback. Yeah. These are the first world problems. I, I'm going to respectfully disagree a little bit. His style doesn't worry me in the playoffs. Maybe there's some recency bias here because he played potentially the greatest postseason in NFL history last year. I mean, when you look at New England and Kansas City, he was flawless. And I think that he has proven that the moment is rarely too big for him anymore. Maybe at the beginning of his career it was, you know, that Houston playoff game, he was trying to be Superman, and it was disastrous. But even then, you saw the flashes of just otherworldly ability. And so, no, I, I, I got to be honest. I think the the least of my concerns going into this postseason is Allen. Now, to your point, turnovers were an issue. They finished third in the league in giveaways. Uh, they had a zero differential, which was, I think, 15. That's not great. And that's largely – I mean, the, the takeaway number was good. They, they turned it over too much. Allen threw too many interceptions. They lost a lot of fumbles. There's some fumble luck involved in there. You'll want that to be better. But the last guy I'm worried about in the playoffs is Allen. Takeaway number, takeaway number, Dave. Yeah, I like takes taking those layups. So, and like three, four games in a row to get to the Super Bowl, it takes consistency and what the defense gives you. And I love Josh. I think he's you know ungodly. Look, there's three. There's also one of three. Out of those three, Josh Patrick. That's just one element of his game that would concern me a little bit. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, I know, I'm this, this is first You guys are you guys are going to do this next week, and you're going to probably preview Bills Bengals, and I feel like we're talking a lot about that game, right? You know, but we're I mean, everybody's yeah, everybody's already looking forward to that rematch. You know, obviously that game didn't finish, but uh, that matchup, I guess, is the right way to say. And the playoff team is just let's. I don't even need to do that. No, here would be something to pay attention to this weekend. Speaking of that, though, because if the Bills can come out and dominate, which they can do on this team, I, you know, they can get up on them and let's say it this way somehow win the game comfortably, which is hard to do. I'm not going to sit there and say this is going to be easy. But if you can, great, because the Bengals are going to have to work in Baltimore. That Baltimore defense is great. Like, I love, we all love this Bengal team, we love. Yeah, but they're going to have to show up. No matter who's playing quarterback for Baltimore, that offense is going to go through some things. And that's where the Bengals are going to make sure they come out that game healthy. You know what I'm saying? The Bills should. So, so that's the stuff you got to think about sometimes. Great point. Because right, the Bills would love to get out of this on stage. This would no be injuries. a beautiful. Hey, let's come out. Let's Breezy. Let's run the ball. That's not right. It's never that easy. I mean, you want to be playing Tyler Matakevich mid midway through the third quarter, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A Tim Tyndale situation. Nice hope, hope seven. You're looking for some quality Case Keenum work in the shop. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All in the case. Yes. That, that Ravens Bengals game. No, that's gonna be a point. That Ravens defense. Is great. Bengals are pissed with yep. dirty tactics that they allege of Baltimore in the finale where mm -hmm. they wouldn't really give specifics, but they said they, I mean, they basically were calling a shot. Like, we can't wait to play him again. We can't wait to see him again. They're going to hear from us. They're going to feel us. Yeah. Um, you're right. They're, they're, they'll win. They're going to come out with a few more bruises probably. Right? Really? That's 
It's overanalyzing, but that's what we do, right? <laughs> I, mean, I know this is kind of Bill centric on this episode, but is there a game that you guys are looking forward to other than this one? Uh, I'm I'm interested to see if the Giants are for real. I mean, I've never totally bought into the to the Vikings as a 13 win team. Um, so you know, <laughs> I've got a lot of debate. So I'm interested to see the Giants. Obviously, the the, the Dayball and Shane connection, and um, you know they're two two good dudes. Uh, so that that game intrigues me. Um, the the Chargers are that team that I think uh, everybody's always kind of wanting a little more from. And maybe you know, are they do they have the type of talent in the quarterback? And think what are they they are getting Bosa back, right? Maybe or not. I don't know. But you know, maybe they're getting a little healthier. Can they? Can they maybe make a run? And can they, you know, if they win, obviously they get Kansas City the next week. So they're, I would, I would sort of maybe pick them as like that sleeper team, like if they get hot. You know, I'm, I'm, I know Herbert didn't have like the big fantasy numbers, but he's a stud, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's the team I'm paying attention to. Yeah. It's time for Herbert. Yeah. It's time. Because I do not like the way Jackson's going to win. That was yeah, a yeah, yeah, no thank you on that. Exactly. But yeah. it's this is where Herbert needs to take that. This is official next step. Yeah. yeah. And Trevor, you're close. You're coming on. Yeah. Like yeah, on basketball. I always prefer basketball. I swear the NBA is always an example where you always see guys that get into the playoffs mm -hmm. and get balanced. And then next year advance. You know, it's yeah, there is a there's a process in this. Yeah. And this is Herbert's time to get in the mix with the big boys. Yeah. Good luck. You always have good luck. I mean, if you can there does seem something kind of poetic about it being Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Herbert in the, in the divisional round, right? If it ends up being that way, that would be yes. yeah. Yeah, sign me up for that. Exactly. No Jags. Love the Jags. Real good against Tennessee. Love the Jags, as we know, as I cash that ticket. <laughs> Preseason win the NFC. Well, you, you put Remember your money where your mouth is. Oh, yeah. That we one. talked about that early in the year. I had them win. How much money did you put on that? Can you say nice. That? I wanted to buy some rounds. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get a Bills one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like Jacksonville. I didn't. I guess my take from that Tennessee game, yeah, it was ugly, but oh. I wanted to see the Jacksonville defense kind of mm. do some things. They did. Too. Dobbs? You don't just waltz into a game against Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> and I respect. Don't tippy toe into the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. 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 All right, Tampa Bay, Dallas, purely for the chaos that would ensue if Tampa Bay won this game. Yeah. It would just be great to see Jerry Jones posted up in that visitor's locker room, fielding questions. Like, this is the scene that we get every year. They always let everybody down. They always do this game. People expect them to win. And I, I know we disagree, Jim. We were talking about it before. No, I can see Tom Brady this winning this game. I think he's got one more like classic moment in him, and it's going to be this game just crushing the souls of the Cowboy fans. I feel like this is the only playoff game in history that's going to somehow end in a tie, right? Like nobody wants to see. Like I don't think there's anyone in America that's rooting for either of these teams, right? It's like, oh god, Brady's going to advance, or the Cowboys are going to advance. It's like. I'm at, maybe it's just you know Buffalo bias in, in the brain, but like 
Does anybody want to really do these teams to win? I mean, they're both just so full of it. Did you know? Giselle want Tom to get away? <laughs> Jim, can't wait to see Jim doesn't want to. No, that. she has her Prescott jersey on. Yeah. Um, she, she can't wait to. But you know that. Do you think she watches the game? Yes, with her Prescott jersey on. Um, okay. What I do think is, and no, is neither one of you are gamblers because you're saying that people wanted to end in the ties. Who knows? There are fans for both teams because there are a lot of gamblers. But take that out. I actually think Dallas is going to win this game. Uh, I think they're the better team. I, I think I'm, with, I'm like this, and Dak is look. I'm, I'm just this is one thing I tried to do. This is a new. Playoffs are different. Yeah, the Cowboys are playoff ready. They've been there. They they dabbled. You know, what I mean, this is a good football team. Analytically, which I love, they're a really good football team. Tampa, they're not good. Enough. Yeah, you can't find a good football game for them. And Brady and Aaron Rodgers and we all are scared and blah blah blah. No. Yeah, Dallas should win this game. No, let's it's not lump them together. Come on. Now. Okay, now let's do this then. Aaron is shot. I'm talking about age. <laughs> but let's do this though. How you said they, Dallas loses this game. You said the scene of Jerry Jones after the game. No, what everybody needs to do is find whatever private jet Sean Payton, whatever line he's on. Yeah, there you go. That's what that Jerry texts Sean it's, during it's, the game. I would think it's instantaneous. Close what, to what will take, even though. You don't have total control. Because I will always have total control. And I don't know if Sean Payton is at this point in his career. Because there's going to be other teams that are going to give him total control. Right. The control single so bad. It's not about the Washington. Washington. They look okay. so Dak looks bad. Tyler, agree again. I don't even like the. I've never seen Dak look worse. Mind blowing stuff he's doing. Like, disappointing to me. I'm throwing out the NFL is a week to week league and a regular season in playoff, big jump. Not that Brady's not ready to do I just think Dallas is a good football team. I don't think Tampa's good. I think Tampa stinks. I love it. Every week, they come to my every week. Yeah, sure. Yeah, have me back. Sorry, I'll take you guys on one. I like the gritty, grimy, disgusting wins that Tampa Bay has been turning out this year. I want an 8 9 divisional winner. I think it speaks to the intestinal fortitude. Just don't play this back when Brady has his. Uh, oh, I here it is. I the first the it, 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 forty-five year old, four hundred and fifty yard. You know, Rashad White, friend of the program, is going to blow up. <laughs> all right. All right. Seriously, though, on the Bills. No, yeah. All right. So let's just bring it back. Let's close here with the Bills. I picked Cincinnati to win it all. Probably. Still kind of lean that direction because of Burrow, but gun to the head, I probably would pick Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I just think that this DeMar Hamlin stuff is pretty powerful and could be that extra notch. I don't even know how you quantify it, right? I don't know, I don't know what Can't. metric you look at or how you, no. but it just feels like this team is so close. We've, been, we've all been around this game for so long, yeah. you're in that locker room every day, you've got to talk to the players as much as they can. These guys seem so close. Yeah, that means something. I think so. They, they they fight for each other. They they've been knocking at that door for a while. Um, this could be the year they bust through. It's funny. I want to hear Jim's take on this because I can tell that he's got more of an analytically mindset, a wired brain than we do. And you know, you and I are writers, and so we are uh, after that good story, right? We're after that human maybe that's element. Part of it. I think yeah. that's part of it. I do. I mean, going back to what I said before, it's you want to write the best story, and the best story is the Bills winning. And overcoming all of this stuff, right? And not all the time does the best story happen, but 
you could you, there's an there's an obvious appeal and you can talk yourself into very easily them being inspired for, for everything that they went through and getting the job done now i don't know necessarily that they can do it but it's funny when you say that like analytically it kind of matches up with the you know with with the, the heart, the emotion, the feeling, right? And so maybe maybe it is, maybe it is this year. I will say, you know, another number to point out that I think I, I recite this every chance I get. I think it's huge. They're three and all at home under McDermott in the playoffs and they're own four on the road. That to me is a significant sound, right? That's a, that is a big number. They don't have to play any more true road games this year, right? If they go to Atlanta and it's Kansas City, what do you want to bet? That stadium is 70% Bills fans. Now, the Chiefs travel, right? They, their fans travel. It's big Bills fans, right? That's going to have a home game feel to it. a lot of Bills fans who live in Atlanta. Absolutely. So that's going to have a home game feel to it. I think that – I know that I know the goal was the number one seed and they fell a bit short of it, but getting Cincinnati to come to Buffalo, I think, is a big difference than having to go there again. Agreed. I mean, and it's a fast track. Which they prefer. Are we talking about the Atlanta game or if it's in Atlanta? It's crazy to me. I, when I think of Atlanta, I don't even think of the Falcons. I think of the SEC championships. That was my whole life as a scout. And picture the Bills and Chiefs playing there. It doesn't seem right. And Craig Ironhead Hayward and Jeff George. The great part about Atlanta, it's direct flights from the heart. Probably KC fans and Bills fans. So, you get flights. so that should be good for fans. In general, I agree Bills will be able to pop in, in a good way. Um, man, it's hard to pick against the Bills. We're doing Super Bowl pick. I, it's okay. I'm just gonna say I think Kansas City's out of control. I think Mahomes is in the same mission right now. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. And man, I hope the Bills win it. I'll be cheering and crying like everybody else. Yeah, just blatantly mocking opponents at this point, those Chiefs. No, the thing around the rosy. That's, that's what Ella, Sonny, and I do. You know, play ring around the rosy. Seriously, we got our Apollo ring around the rosy. It's like, well, this is what the Chiefs did against the Raiders. So, so real quick, how, how long before AFC and NFC championships are always neutral site? Is it coming? Oh, God. Well, let's do it this way. I don't either at all, but I'm with you, but they'll do the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do right. It's going to do numbers. Yeah. yeah. If the yeah. numbers look good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a great point. Yeah. Because they great will question. do the numbers. Great question because they will do the numbers. Yeah. They will. It's a good, yeah, it's a good trial. If it, it works financially, you will see it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the combine is on TV. When we were scouting, we oh my God. Of that, yeah. We're like, there's we call it numbers. Yeah, right. It did numbers through the roof. Yeah. They don't care about real organic, <laughs> like energetic atmospheres. Yeah, well, doesn't give a shit about that. Uh, it is they leave those markets. You, you said before though, Chargers don't have any fans. You said something about not you don't like the seventh playoff team. I don't hate it. I think the I think the number one seed is really significant now. Um, obviously, it used to be number one and number two got the bye in the in the home field. So I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm interested that you don't uh, that you don't like it. I feel like it does. It does feel like there's a usually there's six bona fide. Playoff teams, and then there's a seventh kind of crappy team that sort of gets you. The team for the playoffs. So okay, there's my first argument, but to, here's where I struggle. You know, my first reaction is you. My main reaction is the one seed should get 
the biggest advantage you can give that one seed. That is, they deserve whatever that is. And it's the bye week, obviously. But if that, you know, if they're the only team to get the bye, then they that is a big advantage. So then are you saying that I'm, I'm okay with seven to a side eight seed? Yeah, I am. Because I wanted to go through the home. I, I, do, I think the one seed should have every single advantage that you can give it. Yeah. That is, that is well, that is like, he should yeah. be so proud. And right. I mean, eliminating the buy for the two seed further incentives. He's so working so hard. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that adding a playoff team and adding a week to the schedule, it just kind of well, we've the used schedule. this analogy, like analogy that. before. It just kind of drips. Like that week to the You're out a little bit league is just kind of like college bowl games. Like bowl games. So my buddy Tom Silverstein, PackersNews.com, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We worked together five years. We wrote a great column right after the Packers lost to the Lions. And his whole point was this whole like magical run the Packers were on, it was a mirage. They were no they were not on a magical run. Like every single team in the NFL over the course of 17 games, they're gonna have a run of three, four, five really good weeks. Right? The Packers just had their run late in the season, but the way the schedule broke, it's you know, Tua had the concussion, everything kind of just went right for them at that point. They were never that great of a team, so every team kind of even the Bears, as you pointed out in, in the column, the Bears had a little run themselves where they lost like three games in a row by a point or two. Yeah, um, so I don't know, I just I don't like anything that plays into that. Like, I mean, I want to know who the good teams are, who the bad teams are. Let's get that's kind of why I, I don't like the college football playoff. Bring back the BCS. No, I'm with you. TCU getting their ass kicked by 60 points. Yeah, rough, rough for college football. Yeah. NFL, to sum up an NFL season, is like Justin Fields. Cut him. Oh, my God, he's the greatest. He's not good enough. Cut him. It, the roller coaster, yeah. we love him. Like it, you can, it's, it's, that's for every team. But, and maybe that's part of the NFL mission here. They want the roller coaster. It, it is. Storylines. There's, no, there's no doubt expanding to seven teams. So think about how many teams going into the last week were still alive in the playoffs, yes. right? And so that there's elements of hope. Exactly. You didn't like it though, and you I don't did. like it. I, I thought I did a couple weeks ago. I think I even wrote it somewhere. Like this is kind of cool. I kind of. I, I don't like. It. I, I hate it. I disagree. I kind of like it. I think. Now I will say that I think the NFL is a lot different than baseball in this way that baseball, like look, Phillies made the World Series. I think they were the worst team in the playoffs record wise. They were, geez, not better, not much better than five hundred, and they made it to the World Series. So. I don't really know how that happens. I don't know that a seven seed is making it to the Super Bowl um, because there does seem to be that pretty clear drop off. Like, wow, there's six teams that are legit, and that seventh team sort of snuck in. Um, but the seven seeds, Tom Brady and yeah. Geno Smith. But to my point, I mean Tom Brady. Like, uh, you would be shocked if he made a Super Bowl. But he's they won the well, division. I count them as seven seeds. Dare you? The smirch the NFC South like record, that. Record. I, I could do this all night. We should also talk about they should not seed by division winner. They should seed by record. But that's another point. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's another hour. I know. I, so, I, 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 kind, of like, <laughs> I kind of like a team winning their division and being like rewarded for that. Oh, come on. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the Buccaneers should not get a home game because they went 9 and 8. 
eight nine. Eight, excuse me, whatever it was. <laughs> no, they were nine and eight. Did they go eight and nine? They lost last game. Oh, I swear. Under five. They were under five. I hate to say it. it's why I was just saying seven seed. At eight and nine, she might be anything but seven seed. That's well, what I say. Hey, that just like goes the end of the south is for men. Well, all right, not boys. That's where men. That's where men play ball. Eight you know? nine. Eight, there you go. Eight nine. Eight nine. Home playoff game. There you go. Love it. In front of those, they're playing rabid fucking respects. There's more to this story, too. Rabbit McCarthy. That's a story I gotta tell. Look, we don't have Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Right? We have Mike McCarthy now. And that's, you know, we have all Tyler's favorites. So this is. <laughs> We gotta definitely get back to that Aaron well, Rodgers talk. So it's either Bill's land or historic loss. Yeah, I mean. I'm serious. Close, close to the worst loss in the I'm close. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Right. I think, it, I think it yeah. beats 13 seconds. It's too bad. I mean, I, I agree. It's all done on Miami. Like, this is unacceptable. But, but this game, you can't lose. No, they, they cannot lose. They cannot lose. Yeah. They were up by eight. I don't say that a lot here. In Buffalo, because I don't say anything lightly. You can't lose. Right. You're 100. percent I mean, to the point where you are. Where I guess you're. I mean, you're having. Well, I just want you're having points. types of conversations that you couldn't ever imagine having about this team if they were to lose it. So, yeah. yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it. I think, yeah, this is a team. They throw around a team of destiny and storybook and Hollywood, but there is something they're playing off of with this tomorrow. They really are. And you're right. I think they should stay and put a division around. <laughs> Give them a week to recover and then let them run out of that tunnel. That's, tonight. that's exactly right. Yeah, they don't need any. I, I think they can. Show up and handle Skyler. Right? They don't. They don't need that extra extra nudge against Skyler. No, no. Two guys they need to worry about. Skyler. If Miami wins, like we need to do, like maybe we bring Skyler Thompson on. Got to do something. That's major. We're talking major. Miami wins. Like I don't. That's something that's not even. You probably, you probably got to fire people, right? There's gonna be some talks, not this year. Yeah, no, no firings this year, but that's that was the no firings, no firings this year. They've been through Colin Bad this season. Great coach, great man. Okay, Jay, you were amazing. Thanks so much, brother. Jay, nice to see you. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, Sorry, it's been since training camp. I mean, no, how quick did that go, right? No, I mean, I just I know you're so damn busy yeah. covering the team, but you are welcome yeah. any day, anytime. If you awesome, want to some beers, yeah, you can get away from the fam and the beat for. Hours. Let's set this up at the Super Bowl, if not before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks so much right. for coming on. And thank you for watching and listening, everybody. We appreciate it.